welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, I'm Caleb, and I'm here in Rhode Island. We got Rhiannon um, on location with her folks, and Adam in Iowa. How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. Maybe limited days left in New York City, so we'll see. Uh-oh. Limited months left, not days. Do you want to explain more to the listeners or no? Um, I got a job in Washington, D.C., um so i guess i have to move to washington dc so yeah we'll see let's call her beltway rhiannon isn't that what they call it the beltway is that correct beltway yeah yeah that's i know nothing about living in dc uh so i'm gonna be inside the beltway outside the beltway no the dmv i don't know but not as maryland virginia it's just all craziness (sighs) they're not filming daredevil there that's all i know Oh, that's true. Oh. Maybe if uh, Kingpin runs for president at some point in the MCU, they'll, they'll film Maybe. down there. Maybe, yeah. Filming on location in DC. But I've got some time left. Adam, do you want to share your t-shirt with the listeners who can't see it? I think I've already done it. I, mean, I go to lunchroomride.com and buy all my stuff. Please, thank you. So what's... That's my t-shirt. Is that what you meant? There's a new book coming well, out though, right? It is a t-shirt. It's a thicker t-shirt with a hood on it. We are the podcast that can't die. We're here. Like, we're a cockroach. <laughs> MND, MND and cockroaches can survive a nuclear explosion. Now, with Lunchroom Right, though, you have what's what's the deal with Knock? Remind me what the release is like and how that's going. We're launching pre-orders um, for, for Knock, number one, on January 3rd. Um, we're just, we're just going to do it without Kickstarter and crowdfunding and stuff. We are essentially effectively acting as our own Kickstarter, I guess. We're we're doing what all other publishers do and doing pre-orders two months ahead of time. And though that's gonna uh, last through the month of January. And then yeah, we'll see how it goes and do a bunch more economics next year. Shit's about good about to get real crazy. Now is this a thing where like could I go to my local comic book store and ask them to order it from you? Or is it more just going to be direct to consumer? I mean, you can, we're, we're going to, it's not going to be through diamond um, yet. So uh, the safest way will be to go to lunchroomride.com or knockcomic.com and, uh, and pre-order that way. We may uh, do diamond sometimes, but all comic publishers are, or I don't know. Comics is in a really weird spot. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Well, I'm going to do my best tonight. I am an idiot. So uh, we're doing like online church services for the next two weeks so that I can have some time off. But I recorded them this afternoon. So uh, if my voice just suddenly disappears, it's because I've been talking nonstop the last two hours into a video camera. But all right. Um, I know we have a couple things to talk about. Um, I mean, there's been news, but Let's talk. Let's start out. It's a holiday season. How did you guys feel about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? Let's let's start there and see where we go. I thought it was so much fun. Um, there was way more Kevin Bacon than I expected. But this is the first thing. Other than like I watched Jessica Jones with my mom. But I, this is the first thing I have been able to talk my parents into watching. And it went a really weird way. Like my dad had heard the song from it, the I don't know what Christmas is song. And I was able to get him to watch the whole thing. It was like the perfect length for like no commitment. And um, 
And so, yeah, I thought it was really fun and just easy. Yeah, I, I would second the you can watch it with your parents ability. Like my mom watched it. She watches a lot of stuff with us. But she was really into it. She liked it. She said Black Panda or Wakanda Forever was maybe the best movie she's ever seen. So I don't know what's happening there. Like she's uh yeah. she's becoming a Marvelite, but she she also really loved it and thought it was really funny. Yeah. I mean, my parents said it was no violent night. Um, which evidently yeah. they went to the theaters and watched. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh but they watched, I mean, I, we haven't watched any Marvel movies together, so that was really cool. Not to mention my parents probably listening. They listen to like the first five minutes of the podcast. I should have waited to talk about them until later. Violent Night is one of the best Christmas movies ever released. Instant classic. It will forever. It's it's on my Christmas movie, Mount Rushmore. It's probably Violent Night, A Christmas Story, Home Alone 3, and To Be Determined. Elf. Elf? So, I have a really funny story about Elf. I, uh... I did not watch Elf from beginning to end until like December 5th, 2022. That's unbelievable, Adam. That that was the first time we went to the movie theater um, that was apparently riddled with COVID and we started there, but then we had to leave early to make our violent night screening and, uh, that was the most Elf I've ever watched in one sitting. Then we came home and finished it on HBO Max or wherever it's at. So I don't know if you can find it anywhere. They did an animated version that has the songs from the musical in it um, on one of the TV channels a few years ago. That's actually really good, too. The Elf cartoon musical. What do you think of that Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that was cool. That was awesome. Two for two on their uh, specials. Uh, I'll still be very surprised if that's not kind of their bread and butter moving forward almost, especially with rumors of delays and such. I wouldn't be surprised to see more and more and more. Uh, I would be surprised to get to a point where we have more specials a year than shows, I guess. Well, I was going to ask about that, Adam. I mean, I don't know if you've heard. What's interesting to me is that we haven't heard anything about any other specials. Like we have a bunch of TV shows on the slate. But I guess the beauty of the special is we hadn't heard about Werewolf by Night at this time last year either. Like, they can just pump them out pretty quick, I guess. So, who knows? I mean, I mean uh, the rumors so far are Nova, Silver Surfer. Um, there, there's still a couple more, I think. Well, uh, cool. Awesome specials. The Christmas, yeah, the Christmas special was awesome. The old 97s, that song was awesome. They had they included a cover of the... Um, the um, SNL Christmas song that Horatio Sands and Jimmy Fallon and who else was in there? Chris Kattan and uh, Tracy Morgan did. Um, oh, it was awesome. It was cool. It was expected what I expected. I do wonder if that means that Guardians 3 won't focus on Drax and Mantis as much or, or what the deal is. But, yeah, I mean, everything yeah, we're hearing is it's was... it's a lot of rocket, right? Mm-hmm. I am going to be fascinated to see if they do you know, these specials so far have all been around the holidays, you know, like a Halloween one, a Christmas one. It will be interesting to see if it's a special presentation that's just like introducing the Silver Surfer, you know, like 
Is there something about the occasionality of it that makes them fun as well that won't be as much fun? If it's just a standalone story, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. No, I think it would be fun for them to be around holidays, you know, to, to, to bring that sort of, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's no relatability to Werewolf by Night because of it, but, you know, just sort of a realness to it. Make them in- increasingly obscure, like the, the, the Groundhog's Day special for Nova or whatever. That would be awesome. Yes. It is fascinating that I think we all really enjoyed it. And I think we've talked about already in three minutes what we would like. I don't know. I enjoyed the Guardian special, but I don't think there was a whole lot of. I don't know. It was a little bit fast food, I think. And I don't mean that badly. I just don't think there's a lot to chew on. It was meant to be kind of fun and sentimental and humorous, but not to be, you know, something that we leave with great, deep existential questions about humanity, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing was Rocket having Bucky's arm that everybody that big connectivity but even like the little connection like of man's being pete's sister it felt very fluffy to me like it, it felt very superficial to me like it was just like here's a reason that we need for them to go on this adventure okay here we go and because it's james gunn it's going to be a daddy issue yeah <laughs> well and we get caught Co- we got cosmo but i mean there was so little Cosmo the space dog that they will completely reintroduce Cosmo again in Guardians 3, you know? So I am realizing uh, we also got a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer since we talked last. Um, what did, I mean, do you guys have thoughts on that and how it connects into the holiday special? Sorry, I was muted messing around with settings. I got lost in the options. They uh, They bought Nowhere. How much does Nowhere cost? One, so that means the collector's still alive, technically, I think, maybe. Yep. Uh, so I, I don't know. Yeah, Adam Warlock looks incredible. I, I don't know what else. I mean, outside of, you know, Volume 3 kind of being all about family, you know, I'm not sure what else, how else the holiday special ties in, you know, with the, the Mantis and Star-Lord thing, as you guys mentioned. Yeah. But... Yeah, I don't know. I I was surprised how I don't think the holiday special will be required viewing before volume three. You know, it was kind of promoted that way to begin with, but I don't think you absolutely need to watch it beforehand. Yeah. You know, well, and we, you know, I sort of said on the pod, like, oh, this could be a clever way to sort of do some of the heavy lifting where you can like do exposition stuff in the holiday special and not have to worry about it. But they're, I, I, it's not that way at all. Like, they didn't do that much in the holiday special that, that you know, they're going to have to reset up everything, I think, that they did in the holiday special again when they do the movie. So um, just more generally on the trailer, Rhiannon, did the trailer excite you more about Guardians 3? Or? Um, you know, well, one, the stuff that I think would have hit me in the trailer hit me in the clips that we got at Comic-Con. Yeah. The, like big baby rocket big eyed baby rocket like teary eyed i don't know like the the emotional arcs there um i i don't remember it i mean that's you know like none of it stands out when i'm thinking on the week i mean because you were just like you know what do you, do you have feelings on everything and i was just like i remember that i watched it 
I watched it recently because I it came out while I was at Disney or that weekend and then I came back with the flu so I was just like off the whole week so I just watched it like within the past week I don't remember it like to me a Guardians movie is a Guardians movie we know what it's going to be it's going to be fun it's going to be enjoyable it's going to have daddy issues um so you know I I'm not remembering anything I do remember Adam Warlock like and being like oh wow yeah we're really getting that um but other than that like a few days later I'm not remembering a whole lot from it but I mean I was going to go see the movie anyways so maybe it doesn't matter yeah I do think that Marvel has gotten more and more careful about not giving us any plot in trailers at all much less the teaser and so like it really is flashes of imagery I think more than it is anything else yeah Yeah. I I certainly am excited Adam it looks like we're getting uh oh what's it called counter earth the earth that's on the other Rihanna do you know about this concept in the comics I do not it's truly wonderfully brilliant the idea is that there are two Earths, but that they're perfectly positioned on the opposite side of the sun from each other. So there's no way they can ever see each other. And so like the only way you could know they exist is to take a, a, a spaceship and go around the sun and go to the other side where counter earth is. And in the comics, I think counter earth is usually like filled with like animal people and the high evolutionary lives there and he's making human beings spliced with, you know, cows and pigs and stuff. And that probably is where they land the spaceship where Drax hits the kid in the face with the, ba- with the, the kickball, but they're all like goat people. And I yeah. just think what a lovely, weird comic idea to bring into a movie. I mean, at this point it doesn't surprise anymore because Marvel's done that stuff, but it's something fun for them to, to, to pour in. And it suggests high evolutionary is going to be, pretty significant on this you know on this film yeah 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 apparently lila the otter is coming which (laughs) doesn't mean a lot to me but i'm sure that there will be some way that james gunn will turn that into something that makes us all want to cry so oh for sure absolutely everyone's dying that line where um rocket says something like let's fly off together one more time into the sunset or whatever I was like, oh no, what are we, there's like people screaming in a like emergency room, it looks like, or like a surgery table or something like, uh, it's, it's going to be bad. Yeah. Maybe that's why I, why I like didn't watch it many times. Like, because I, I really just like everything about this movie is that it's going to be sad and awful and gut wrenching and I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just kind of like Black Panther. I just want to go in without knowing how much it's going to rip out my guts. We're anticipating. Yeah. In a different way. It'll be interesting to see what they leave behind. I mean, I don't think they're going to like kill everyone, but like, I'm sure Marvel would like a few of these characters to still be available for future Marvel cosmic stuff. Because really, I mean, I don't know. They've done Eternals, but we have not seen a real expansion. I guess the Marvels will do this some. 
and Secret Invasion. Like, I'm fascinated to see... I think we thought that the Marvel Cosmic stuff would really take off like crazy at some point, and it's still been a bit of a trickle, I feel like, of Cosmic stuff. You know, like, even even Captain Marvel, it all is sort of, like, in the orbit of Earth, pretty much. Yes, but I think the next one is going to be it a little bit more. And also, I mean, we're getting the Fantastic Four, so... Yeah will absolutely be cosmic by then unless they go to the negative zone again like in fant four stick i hope not adam do you have any i mean you're you're a big proponent of the cosmic stuff in mm-hmm. the mcu when you look at guardians do you see some springboards you know you hope to see warlock around for a while or yeah I, yeah yeah i mean warlock i i hope to see all sorts of stuff but what the mcu's done with cosmic has been um vastly different from from many 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 classic cosmic runs so who knows what they're going to do next there was at one point there was um the inclusion of the annihilators in volume three but i'm not sure if that's still the plan and they're going to move there they would have to do a lot of heavy lifting and introduce a lot of people um it's hard for me to see the major characters stay around. I would think, you know, Star-Lord, Drax, and Gamora are, are probably done. You know, I could see Mantis and, and Nebula sticking around for more cosmic stuff. Um, of course, Groot. Maybe Rocket. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. I Adam Warlock, s- of course, is going to be around. Um, I feel yeah, like we could that. see a character like Star-Lord, though, like become the new president of nowhere and like he shows up as much as benicio del toro showed up in the last couple of phases like yeah something like that i I could imagine them doing it's possible yeah Uh, i was also excited you know we got our first track we got um you know music from the zune the idea that there's going to be 90s music in this movie brings great joy to me like the seven the late 70s thing was fine but uh letting james gunn play obscure you know uh alternative rockets from my childhood is something i'm very much looking forward to uh do you guys remember any big news i mean i feel like there's been little stuff little casting here and there uh there has been the big rumor that they're gonna try to make the uh fantastic four latino and that diego luna might be up for mr fantastic uh I don't know. What do you guys think of that idea? Would you enjoy Diego Luna as as Mr. Fantastic? That's the first time I heard that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he got asked by it by Christian Harloff on his Star Wars show. Mm. And he gave a very weird answer that's like, yeah, I've seen a lot of things online and, you know, things are crazy and people say things and you never know. But I enjoy what I'm doing, and I'm busy for the next couple of years. But if things are still happening two years from now, then maybe, possibly, we'll see. I don't know. I can't say anything. It was like the most ridiculous non-committal answer. That's not a no. I mean, I think that's yeah. a no is pretty easy. Well, and I think his star. I mean, Andor has been so loved. I feel like he is. Um, he is a hot commodity right now, I would think, for Disney. They would love to get him in something else. True. Is Fantastic Four dated or it's not dated? Um, It kind of is, but it's 
think right now it's February 2025. Because um, okay. it keeps getting pushed back. It was November 2024. And then when they pushed back Blade, they pushed it to... Oh, that's right. February 2025. Uh, word on the streets, there's going to be another round of delays too. So I wonder when that'll come through. Ugh, another... Yeah. Even after coat, that's so frustrating. Whatever. Yeah, I think we're gonna. That's why I think uh, that's another reason why I think we're gonna start seeing less shows and uh, more specials. It's gonna be super interesting to see how Marvel Studios deals with Born Again in an eighteen episode production, because I think they're probably already regretting doing that, and they're just already exhausted, and they haven't even started to roll cameras. So I think post born again, it's going to change a lot. Yeah, there's. I mean, born again, the cast things are coming together, and the cast Mm -hmm. is up in New York getting ready. Like, it's moving. Right. I'm not saying born again will be delayed. I'm just thinking that the behind the, I think we'll see less projects. I guess. Instead of the five movies and four series a year that they were initially announced or whatever. I think what would be interesting is if they go for more of the long form, like the 18 episode. I mean, I don't understand why they wouldn't. I don't understand why they're doing individual projects like this instead of moving toward like back towards your agents of shield where you could have a six episode arc. That's about echo and focus on that and then transfer and then you move towards a six episode arc about something else i mean do they really see these brands as so independent that they couldn't and just have like the marvel tv show that goes on and moves from character to character without them having to be such independent productions i i think though the challenge Rhiannon, is that the tv shows work a little bit like new number ones in the comic like you launch a new show and it's got a new name and people get excited about it. It's another reason to sign up. The last thing you want is to put it all under one name and then people go, Oh, I kind of hate that show. And then they just give up on it. Like it's sort of onboarding a new audience every time you launch a new show. Yeah. 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 Maybe they actually are. They could be. They could watch Born Again is turned into a 24 episode first season and Echoes are just folded into it. Well, and that's, I mean, like Born Again could easily just be like the Defenders. You know, there's rumors of Punisher showing up. There's, you know, always a chance that Jessica Jones, you know, if if Kristen Rudder isn't too busy with her other um, stuff going on. I don't know who else, you know, of of the other two, if we would see them, but, you know, like it could be the street level show, but it's just marketed as Daredevil. And then I guess, I mean, Caleb, your thing could still hold, like if the ratings sucked, they could always like cancel it and have the Punisher show and, you know, keep going with whatever they're doing. But yeah. Adam, that idea of Echo becoming part of, of Born Again, it's really creative. Did that just come to you off the top of your head or? Yeah. Did it? Off the top of my head, yeah. Okay. Off the top of your head? Um, I will say, uh, I w- I, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Yeah, it just came off to the top of my head. I, well, I, I mean, 
we've heard Echo's been pushed to near the end of 2023, mm-hmm. and Born Again is supposed to start early 2024. So I am merely noting where they are on the calendar and that they're very close to each other. Yeah. That's fascinating. I mean, one of the things I can't wrap my brain around yet is, I mean, we're hearing this, oh, they want to do less, you know, they, they they need to do less stuff. Marvel needs to slow down. We're hearing rumors that Disney wants to slow down how much Marvel stuff they produce. And I know that there's a desire to cut some some programming costs at Disney for streaming. But Disney Plus is still a big deal for them. and it's still going to survive on Star Wars and Marvel shows. And so like the idea that they're going to populate less Disney plus content, I just don't understand how they're going to do that without potentially frying their own streaming service. Like it seems like Hollywood is very much at war with itself because investors want more profit and less spending. But if the subs start to disappear, they're going to hate that too. You know, like it's, it seems like a, a real catch 22 with that stuff. But along the lines of Disney and stuff, I guess we haven't talked about uh, Bob Iger is back at, at Disney. Uh, I know there was much, you know, rejoicing about it. Do you guys feel like that affects Marvel much? Do you have any ways that you feel like it makes Marvel any different or I sort of, it felt like Kevin Feige does his own thing and it doesn't matter, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if I, I mean, the biggest question with Iger was if if Born Again would be mature, you know, if the mature stuff that's moving forward is still going to move forward, and that seemed to pretty quickly be um, put down or squashed or resolved. Um, so, I mean, it seems like the stuff that's sort of yeah, like whatever Feige's doing, Feige's doing. Was I'm, that squashed though? Was it squashed? I just haven't heard it as much. But to be fair, I uninstalled Twitter and I haven't like latched on to any of the Twitter alternatives. I'm just waiting for the world to decide which one. So I'm not as in the loop as I normally am. Is it squashed? There's interesting rumblings that Iger is concerned about the Disney magic and that Chapek was too quick to try to expand to adult audiences in various ways and not realize that at the core they're a family company like i have heard some things like that that probably should give us some caution i think the weird thing about all this is that stuff is delayed so if someone's like yeah the last two movies of marvel the last two years of marvel movies sucked so i'm glad Iger's back well, Iger's the guy that greenlit the scripts for the last two years of movies. You know, like, we haven't even seen the stuff that Chapek really shepherded through production. And so, like, people's inability to recognize that delay, I find ridiculous. It's the internet, man. What do you expect? I'm just waiting to, um, I'll, I'll be outraged if stuff is confirmed and if news is real, but I'm not going to sit here and come up with reasons that I might be outraged. Should it potentially happen and worry? I'm there's enough crap to worry about in the world. I'm not going to worry about what decisions a CEO at Disney is going to make. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I think that it's probably good. Iger does seem to be a creative first person. And so the the main place we'll probably see some thing with 
with Marvel is like, you know, the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit, right? Like that's something that Iger would have never let happen. And yeah. so we probably are less likely to see a director or an actor or somebody get mad at Disney um, and to have better partnerships with creative people uh, if, you know, if uh, Iger is in place than Chapek. So I just reminded myself, I said creative people. Uh, also, we should talk quickly. Uh, what do you guys think about Donald Glover making a hypno hustler movie for the Sony uh, universe? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I saw the headlines for this. So, is this going to be related to his cameo in? Oh, I hope no. Okay. No, not so at all. So it's completely unrelated to. Okay. Yes. All right. And Donald Glover was the one doing the Deadpool animated series, right? So, like, mm-hmm. he's just really been. Hmm. Well, and for years, he sort of championed a Miles something or the other to mm-hmm. happen. Back when he was young enough to maybe play Miles, you know. It was super interesting. I mean, after FX, well, after Marvel Television stopped the Deadpool thing, there was a time where they actually picked back up production. And I haven't heard anything since. Um, I'm not sure if they were planning on doing even post offenders slash Modoc slash hit monkey. Um, there was a time where they were working on that. Um, and apparently that's not happening. I haven't heard anything on that in a full year, I don't think. But yeah. um there's work. something about this that to me feels a little bit like like the Spike Lee Nightwatch movie, if you remember that being a yeah. thing for like 10 minutes. Like, I don't know. I, I love Donald Glover. And so I would see it just based on my belief in him as an artist. But it's another thing like the Bad Bunny Sony project that seems silly. Mm-hmm. And it won't surprise me if they do it. But it also w- wouldn't surprise me if Donald Glover had a 10 minute conversation about it over a scone in Sony offices and some, you know, whoever fetched him the scone then like leaked it to the media and it never happens. Like it's kind of hard to believe that Sony will put it's, it's hard for me to believe that this Sony spider universe is still going to exist after the Madam web movie. And I think that's happening because I know they're filming it, but like, I would just think at some point they will have such diminishing returns that they won't be crazy enough to do a hypno hustler movie, but maybe who knows. Apparently Craven's actually good though. Really? There's been test screenings and people have said it's testing well. So. I mean, in as much as people like Venom, I guess there's a market for almost anything. Hey man, the, the box office talks when it comes to Venom. So people people like Venom, man. I don't know, whatever. I mean, so there. I don't think Donald Glover's popularity is what it was even two years ago. You know, I think both Star Wars and Marvel kind of missed out on on doing something when he was probably at his highest or peak. You know, um, I'm assuming that Lando show is never happening. Oh, I heard um, it's still on the back burner. I've gotten the sense that part of the issue with Glover is he's just got so much going that it's hard to get him nailed down to do something. But so who knows? Maybe Sony gave him a good chunk of money and 
you know, both on the front and back end and all this stuff. And hypno hustlers, obviously something that, um, you can go whatever the hell way you want to go with it. And it could be this groovy disco type movie. Yeah. I don't know. He could probably go all sorts of crazy with it. And somebody's the type of spot, if they want to push to the boundary and do something R rated, they probably will, you know? So who, who knows? And if it was like, so on Atlanta, he did a lot of what they kind of refer to as Afro surrealism. Mm-hmm. Like if they did that and made it like really weird in Atlanta ish, as a Marvel movie, I would, I, it would be my favorite thing ever, you know, like I'd be so there for it. So I, I guess I'm curious just because I love Donald Glover, but we'll see. Uh, we also got into the Spider-Verse uh, trailer. Um, there's lots and lots and lots of spider people. Everybody's going crazy about it. I I feel like maybe I'm too cynical. I've gotten to a point where I'm like, Oh, multiverse, lots of different versions of Spider-Man. Yay. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's the the wrong attitude. Adam, are you uh are you getting hyped about into the Spider-Verse or uh, I haven't even watched the trailer yet. <laughs> Truth be told, December's been crazy. Um uh, I think, yeah. I mean, Into the Spider-Verse is is one of the best superhero movies ever made. So I have no reason to uh be cautious about the sequel i guess i do think there are some big secrets they're keeping back for this one um so that's going to carry my hype moving forward i think yeah well and it's it's fascinating in that we know the main villain is the spot but not in the trailer at all i mean it really is just hey look there's another spider person and there's another spider person and there's another like it really is just totally playing in on showing everybody their favorite version of Spidey from whatever universe, you know. Do they really need more than that to get us in the seats and watch this? Like that first movie was so good. Yeah. I feel like this one, unless it just, unless it's just been way too long, <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel like they didn't need to do much more than just remind us how much we loved the first movie. They could have just said like, hey, we're doing another one. The last one was good. And I would have been there. So it was fascinating. I'm interested to see the box office jump. Because, you know, the last one did okay. But what did it make? $350, $400 million worldwide, something like that. I mean, it was an animated movie. People didn't know what to expect. I'll be fascinated to see if they can get this. If this makes more money than like Spider-Man 3 or Amazing Spider-Man 2 or something like that, it's going to be... I, I, it will make me laugh. It'll be very, very enjoyable for me to see them do better with these animated ones than I did with Toby or um, Andrew Garfield or whatever. But all right, um, it's the end of the year. Are you guys ready to do our uh, end of the year rankings? I feel like we're obligated to do this. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. So as a reminder, this year we got Moon Knight back in the spring, then mm-hmm. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Then Miss Marvel shortly after that. Thor Love and Thunder is the fourth thing we got. She-Hulk would be number five. Werewolf by Night would be number six. Black Panther Wakanda Forever would be number seven. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special number eight. So that's the eight things that we've had this year. We could do a full phase four thing, but that would just take too long. We've already talked about it. So let's do, uh, let's start at the bottom. 
what was your least favorite thing in 2022 from Marvel? Thor 4. Really? We match. I also ranked Thor 4 at the bottom of my list. Thor Love and Thunder was the worst thing from Marvel this year. We have unanimous agreement. Really? First time in our podcast. (laughs) That's crazy. If you think about it, that's something special. To be so terrible that all three of us think it's bad is fascinating. What? what, I mean, it's been a while. What happened wrong there? I mean, particularly after Ragnarok and the like goodwill that Taika had, what happened? It's it just feels incomplete. It doesn't feel like it's a. It just feels like it's halfway done. It was just bad. I mean, I I I watched it over the shoulder of somebody next to me on the plane a month ago or something, and there were like things that i didn't remember being in that movie because they were in there and they were just so insignificant but they felt like they should have been significant i it, i think it was just bad like it wasn't flushed out it didn't go anywhere it and it could have been so good I think that makes it feel worse. Like if it's just bad and it's bad, like, you know, you go into some things with zero expectations, but Ragnarok was so good. So to come into this and it be just, nah, I don't know. I think it was just so much wasted potential. I, I, I feel like it was awkward. Um, I feel like there was so much artistic vision that just didn't come through and didn't work. Um, it just was not enjoyable. This is why I'm excited Bob Chapek is done at Disney. <laughs> is this Bob Chapek's fault? Yeah. His son actually produced it. His son, his grandson was in the movie as Baby Thor. I thought all the Baby Thors and... were Hemsworth. The babyest of Baby Thors. His oh. uh, The likeness of Brian Chapek's son was used. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. When I look back on it, I think some of it is there's limits to like humor and goofiness. Like, I just think the movie probably didn't take itself seriously enough. And I also think maybe the thing that Taika did so well in Ragnarok was deconstruct Thor as we had him. But after you do a movie of deconstructing, you have to reconstruct something in its place, you know, like. Like the first one was like, let's strip Thor of all the things that make him Thor. And it's like, ooh, that's fascinating. But it sort of just becomes nihilism after a while. Like if you deconstruct something enough, there's nothing left there to enjoy, you know? Like you have to rebuild something in its place. Yeah, I mean, just bringing it back with him having a love affair with his hammer is just weird. Not in a good way. Like Taika does weird. I mean, Taika will throw some weird at you and make it work. But it wasn't even like good weird. Yeah. Well, and there's moments to me that should resonate. Like, you know, Gore's hatred of gods should resonate of people who struggle with how bad things happen to good people. But instead there was like a goofy scene in the like jungle with the weird jungle gods and like 
Thor and Jane breaking up should have some emotional resonance, but they sort of like made it a weird, goofy montage. Like, I don't know. I think in the end, that's the way I feel is it just needed to take itself a little more seriously because at some point you destroy the good faith the audience has. If you're like, Hey, you guys are so stupid. You'll come and pay for anything. And that's how, that's how we felt with leaving that movie. Right. Like tag was like, ha you morons paid 20 bucks for me to screw around. Like it's annoying. All right, unanimous. Yeah. Uh, number seven. Now I think it's interesting. Number seven. <laughs> now it's going to go completely different because seventh, I have Caleb's favorite thing. So. Oh no. I guess go I ahead, have Adam. your number. Rip the bandaid off. I think I have. Uh, yeah, Caleb's number one at my seventh spot with Miss Marvel. Oh, <gasps> oh, I knew it. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. So that's that's my number seven. I don't feel like I have to explain myself. Um, it's just that it's, I don't know. It's just, I've thoroughly enjoyed most things on this list. And, and looking at this list, I just liked everything else more. I, I mean, for me, just like seven through one is a tie. Do yeah. I really have to rank them at this point? Like, I'm going to say things and it's just going to make people angry. I think that's kind of the purpose, you know? <laughs> That's yeah, that's, that's yeah. That's that's why the internet exists. Um what you have seven, Rihanna? I right now I have Doctor Strange too. Okay. And it's and like I said, it's not that it's like there's nothing wrong with it. It's no Thor four. It's way above Thor four. Like it's in a different stratosphere. But everything I should probably put She-Hulk in seven, but it had Daredevil, so it got like a big boost. So it's up at two right now. It's higher than seven. So, So, Rhiannon, for you, I mean, Doctor Strange, acknowledging that you enjoyed, but I mean, do you think it's the horror thing that probably didn't go with you? Is it a genre deal or is it just multiversity, whammy I mean, I think it's just as I was looking at this list of these eight properties and I was trying to figure out like, which ones would I want to watch again? Which ones like as I sit and I think about them at this point in the year, like, do I have strong feelings about or anything? You know, it's just the one that as much as I enjoyed it at the time, like none of it is sticking with me. Like, it's easy to forget that even like America Chavez, like that whole character like people don't even remember her at this point um and i'm sure she'll uh, you know i know she'll be back and i liked her i mean that's what like it's not that there was anything bad about it it's just that as i went through this list and tried to rank them it's really i mean it's not that it's bad it's just where it landed yeah well i feel sort of the same way my seven was she hulk and I'm yeah. like, oh, geez, if I put it here, people are going to be like, Caleb hates women. Caleb's Caleb hates an women. internet fanboy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Caleb, way to go. But for me, it was, um, it's mostly just a resonance thing, like we talked about. I'm very happy that there are things that are made not for middle-aged white dudes like me, and that's great. But also, it just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't resonate the same way. It's not a character that I connected to you know, as personally as some of the other stuff. Um, and I'm not, not surely, I'm not sure how I totally feel about a comedy, you know, like if they did another comedy with a different character, would I feel different? Um, 
I liked the experiment, but I just am not sure. I'm just not sure how convinced I am yet of like such a sitcom sort of show in the Marvel universe. Um, you know, I really liked the ending of it, but I, I I struggle to allow the ending to like be a gambit that overtakes how I felt about the rest of it. So again, but like you said, Rhiannon, I enjoy it a lot, you know, and I'll, 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 I'm excited to watch it again when I do a rewatch with the kiddos, but yeah, that's my seven. All right. Six. What's up next? I had She-Hulk the same exact reasons you, you just said. Dude, no arguments for me. I mean, that's not my choice for sex, but both of you clearly hate women. <laughs> um, I mean, Adam more than Caleb because he has Miss Marvel and She-Hulk at the bottom. But... <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> <Misogyny> <laughs> news desk. <laughs> oh no, I'm going to have to put Black Panther 1 now. So we... <laughs> <laughs> Um. For me, it's Werewolf by Night, not because, there again, not because it was bad. For me, when I, like, I hardly think of it as Marvel. Like, it was a great horror little special that I watched, but, like, it just doesn't register in my brain as a Marvel thing. So. So, I don't know if this was, mine was Guardians Holiday Special at six. And just what we said a little bit earlier just a little bit like uh, Chinese food MCU to me, you know, as far as like tastes great. An hour later, you're like, wow, I kind of feel hungry. Like it just, it, there just wasn't a lot of substance to it to me. Uh, I think I'm going to enjoy it for 40 minutes every year at Christmas and then not think about it again, you know, 10 minutes later. So I think that's just, just kind of where it was again, not because it's bad, just didn't resonate too much so have you uh seen john panette's um stand-up he has a really good chinese food joke oh yeah he, he goes like exactly what you did and then he's like you're sitting down on the couch two hours later and you're like oh look they brought egg rolls it's really funny rest in peace john <laughs> um it is now my time to tender my formal resignation from marvel news desk because werewolf by night is not our unanimous number one <laughs> Not only is it not unanimous, it's at five or we're at six. It was six for Rihanna. Yeah, so. yeah I'm done. See you guys. Have a good night. <laughs> what do you have at five, Adam? I have, oh, I have the Guardian special at five. Yeah. Like, I really, really liked it. Um, but I think that's because I watched it like with my family right when it came out. And everyone's like, oh, this is awesome. Like, there's a bunch of cool bits like Groot dancing, but who cares in the grand scheme of things about. Groot rocking out to punk rockers, you know. Um, man, I have, it, for I have that, it at five too. Like we're it, tied on this one. Right. It, I think it. Uh, I think I was even more frustrated at the fact that the holiday special showed us how underutilized both Drax and Mantis have been. I mean, we've only gotten Mantis in like one and a half movies, right? Two movies. Yeah. Um, Guardians two, Infinity War, and Endgame. But I'm not even sure if you can say she was in it in the game. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool for what it is. It's probably going to be uh, an annual holiday watch or something of that nature until they come out with the Silver Surfer Christmas special next year. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a good me- middle of the pack type deal. Yeah, 
you know, we didn't talk about earlier. I, I'm excited to see more Mantis fighting too. Mm-hmm. The way that she was like jumping around Kevin Bacon's house, I think was kind of cool. So yeah. She's the uh she's one of the best fighters in Marvel Comics history. So yeah. Glad they got to show that some. So yeah. When you have her powers, you should always win. Like, anyways. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, unless unless you can stay at arm's length from her, you know? Yeah. So I'm shocked that I'm the first one to mention this one, too. My five is uh, Moon Knight. So it's really weird. I liked Moon Knight so much when we were in it. I just... I mean, it was, I think there's something about sort of the, I don't know, is it that it's standalone? Maybe not. Um, I, I, it was, I don't know. I liked it a lot. I just liked the things above it a little bit more. And I think if you ask me like, okay, what is your enduring memory of Moon Knight? I don't know if I really have one. Like there's a lot of cool stuff in it, but there's not like, a scene that is like the scene for me like some of the others as we follow up like i have very distinct things that i remember about them and i would watch just for that bit um i like the complexity of what they did with the you know personalities and all that kind of stuff i like some of the egyptology stuff i felt like in the end uh i didn't totally love i think some of it is like i liked ahmet versus um Kanchu. But the uh, the other avatars like really had a Jeff Loeb thing going on, you know, like, oh, look, it's a guy in a suit that sits inside of a big pyramid room. And that's all that we get of the gods. I think I would have liked seeing the whole pantheon a little bit more and all that kind of stuff. And I think the action, I think we were promised like a more brutal fighting style. And I think some of what we got was okay. I just don't feel like there was that much of it in the show. Like there's a lot more of him running around an asylum than there was him punching people so but anyways i think moonlight's my number five all right four adam black panther okay and this is only at number four is because uh the first three things are some of my most favorite marvel projects ever made Everyone knows what my number one is and probably number two and number three. So it's just because, you know, in any other year, Black Panther would probably be my number one. Uh, We haven't even talked about it, have we? Yeah, it's just that it's it was an incredible movie. I held so strong throughout the movie until the post credits scene when we learned his name. And then I'm like, Jesus, okay, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, um. It was rough though. The, the I think it was like that last montage. I'm not sure when it was. Like during the last fight or something. That was also just as rough. Uh, Namor, incredible addition. I hope. Um, I hope we see so much more of him and in the uh, underwater world. Talking to the visual effects people, they put such great care into the development of Talokan, Talokan, whatever. Namor's kingdom that I think they said we only saw maybe 5% of it on screen, but they actually built the whole kingdom out, modeling and all this stuff, and they had a Bible for the whole um, kingdom, uh, or what do you call it, a group of people. 
I, I don't want to yeah. use the wrong verbiage. Um, so I, I can't wait to, I would guess we get like a Disney plus thing set in Atlantis or not Atlantis, but you know what I'm talking okay. about. Yeah. Um, but no, it was great, man. Angela Bassett acted her ass off in the movie. It, it, it would be, I would guess she gets an Oscar nomination for it. Um, if there's one from the movie we saw, it's um, a short list, right? Makeup and hairstyling. I'm not sure if it's on any others. What other short? Oh, uh, visual effects that in Doctor Strange 2 both. Uh, but no, man, it, great movie. Um, it's just four because the other three things are my most favorite Marvel things ever. Yeah, I think Bassett's uh, Golden Globe nom for yeah, best. yep, yep. Rhiannon, four. I mean, so I was taking three and four and swapping them, and so Adam said Black Panther, and I'm just going to go with him. Um, okay. And I don't even have as good a reason. Like, I'm not like those top three are my absolute favorites, but Black Panther did not have Matt Murdock, so um, you know, it was great, and the the Mayan, you know, the whole Tolokan Namor all of that I still I actually never saw it that second time that I was planning last time we talked about it I was planning to go watch it a second time and that just never happened um but yeah maybe so maybe with rewatches it'll get stronger or weaker um but yeah it's at number four on my list sorry yeah, four for me would be Werewolf by Night. I mean, I <laughs> I love the mood of it. I loved, you know, the 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 way they did a lot of practical effects. Um, I love the way it was shot. I think ultimately it just is. Um, some of it, I think, is just the the length of it at this point. I think the other three above it to me are like fuller stories, whereas this was sort of you know just short. And so it's sort of like, it'd be hard for a short story to be so good. It'd be better than a great novel. And that's kind of where I'm at with this is like, if it had been a full Werewolf by Night movie, maybe I would have had higher, but it's my four. All right, Adam, three for you. Three is the one moment or or the one thing Caleb said he couldn't remember anything from and i hope we don't get a copyright strike but you can't tell me that this isn't still stuck in your head nine months later (laughs) incredible moon knight was awesome they uh they did what they needed to do and uh by not tying it into anything else in the mcu um oscar isaac was incredible in there um they they hit the the best beats from probably the best comic um or most popular comic i think um yeah it it was good it did leave me kind of unfulfilled i guess but that's only largely because they didn't do jake lockley until the very 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 last scene um and we have yet to see many things get a second season so who knows when he'll show up next um but yeah moon knight was probably well moon knight was my favorite series released this year 
Rihanna. <laughs> Sorry, my cat attacked my leg. I was um, gonna say it looks like your cat just like bit a toe off or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this melodramatic, like ah! um uh number three for me is she hulk uh which would have been far lower on the list had it not had matt murdoch but they get a gets a huge bump from the the smash matt murdoch which has been my trivia team's name for three times we have been first place once and second place two times with that name um yeah so you know it was flawed it was bad it should be much lower on the list but it gave me man murdoch so i will just admit to being completely biased in that regard and Matt but Murdock only... in your favorite setting for matt murdoch you know yeah but it only gets it to third place because like <laughs> like it could have been number one but even matt can only do so much heavy lifting he can only do so much so yeah so three for me, I guess, is Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I mean, you guys hit on a lot of it. I, I think it's not any higher because it's really long. And I still feel like it was, I don't think there's anything they could have cut, but it was still too long. <laughs> like, it's not their fault, but it was it was long. So, um, but yeah, I think, I also think it's going to matter more in the future. I think the relationship between Telecon and wakanda is going to be a bigger deal in the future of the mcu than we realize i think the ways that it sets up stuff with thunderbolts and captain america and u.s policy towards wakanda and how that's gonna sort of be like the civil war thing that hamstrings the heroes before kang shows up i just think it's going to be a lot more significantly think and um i think that you know riri was awesome too and it's you know so yeah, I'll, I'll, I, it doesn't fit together perfectly, but um, the Namor stuff is so good. I think Namor is the best character introduction we've gotten in all of Phase 4, and that says a lot because we've gotten Yelena Belova, and we've gotten um, uh, Miss Marvel, and we've gotten Kate Bishop, and like all these characters, but Namor is the most interesting and unique to film one that we've gotten. So that's my three. All right, Adam, you're two. Number two is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. They promised us madness, and I feel that they delivered. Um, it is everything I think I wanted number one to be. It was, um, it was spooky. It was um, mind melting madness, and um, all this time later, my brain can't get over the demon cape scene it's just pure metal madness and i absolutely adore it for it um i hope three is some combination of one and two where it's more psychedelic maybe plus the elements of horror i mean the very first dr strange appearance was about him traveling into his own nightmares to uh practice magic and i think that really multiverse of madness um got the spirit of that much better than number one um, without going the full distance and actually giving us nightmare or traveling into his dreams or, or something like that. So it's, it's my favorite movie of the year and it's uh, my favorite Marvel movie of the year, I should say. And um, it's my number two. 
So for me, it's Moon Knight. And that's, you know, I feel like Moon Knight, we were really starting to think that Marvel couldn't do television. That, that you know, like that they were never going to get it right. And Moon Knight was the first series that felt like a TV series, that felt like it nailed the TV format, that... Um, yeah, and like like you guys already said, like the lack of interconnectivity, the um, and it was just fun, and I couldn't predict where it was going. Um, I couldn't predict where it was going, and I liked where it went better than I was predicting where it was going. Um, yeah, it was flawed; it had some problems, you know, but but I really liked it. And I was really happy with how it turned out. Adam, I'm with you. Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness is number two. Really? Yeah. Nice. So what I loved about that movie, um, you know, I'm not a huge horror guy. I don't love lots of gore. They did just enough. Like, just enough to make it really visceral and, like, whether it's you know skewering the bad strange on the fence or plucking the eyeball out of gargantos or um or um cadaver strange mm-hmm. coming back to life like they just had all of these things that if they'd gone further i might have like recoiled from it but it was just far enough to go oh but not like to be mm-hmm. upsetting if that makes any sense yeah. you know and so I think all of that was that. And because of that, I, I feel like on rewatches, it's still kind of hit. Like it has a um, an electricity to it because it's a little more, I think, dangerous and unusual than the average Marvel movie. Um, the music note scene is still one of my favorite things ever in a Marvel movie. It's just so delightfully different and bizarre. And you know the fan servicey stuff with the illuminati in the middle i adored you know like getting black bolt in a movie uh it's not quite a matt murdoch bump but it certainly is great and uh like even the oh, like dr Sh- or um professor x and scarlet witch like fighting like basically in the um oh i'm losing my mind but you know when 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 xavier will fight like in the mental plane or whatever you know like all of that i just found delightfully comic-y and it just sam raimi knows these worlds and the way to tell these stories in a particular idiom and i just loved it so yep dutch strange my number two all right, Adam, go ahead. We all know, but number one. <laughs> you all know, Werewolf by Night is one of the best things Marvel's ever done. Uh, I try to watch as much uh, universal horror stuff every uh, Halloween as I can. Um, not only did it pay homage to that, but it's certifiably its own thing and its own feel. And um I think part of it might be the Iron Man effect. It's the first special, so there has that increased quality for me. But at the same time, the amount of character and story they packed into the 48 minutes or whatever is unrivaled. It's it's something we didn't even get with Thor Love and Thunder, you know, which had doubled the runtime or, or something like that. At least doubled the runtime. Um, no, I loved it. Man Thing was great. 
Um, it's very, very hard to bring in a character that doesn't speak. And I think they nailed the mannerisms. Awesome. It's, it's excellent. They used um, practical effects wherever need be. You know, the, the hallway fight was all practical. The, the one take fight, of course it wasn't 11 minutes. It was more like 90, not even 90 seconds, Um, but that was still great. Um, And the man thing suit was practical. And then the transformation scene, you know, is one of my favorite shots in the entirety of the MCU, even though they spoiled that in the trailer, having practically shooting that um, really, really hits, um, takes, elevates the the special to, to a whole other level. I adore it. It's certainly my favorite thing of the year and one of my favorite things the MCU has ever had. Yeah. Rihanna, uh, I'm so excited to hear you talk because I think I kept track. Did you keep track? So I think we have the same one. I think so. Um, and like I said, I mean, like I could easily like this list tomorrow if we did it, I would probably do a completely different list. But my number one for the year is Miss Marvel. And they they nailed TV with Miss Marvel. Like they got it right with Moon Knight, but when they got to her, they got TV format. Like that's the first time that as we were watching it, like my friends and I were like, this is a TV show. This is, you know, every week it's, it's a self-contained episode that goes somewhere new. And um, I, I love, love her. I loved the side characters. I feel like we knew everybody in that series. I feel like I learned things. Um, I, I, the plot was feasible. I mean, it wasn't perfect again. I, I kind of feel like nothing this year was perfect for me. Um, I feel like a lot of things were extraordinarily good, but none of it was like perfect. There's nothing this year that I'm like, I loved this. Um, but I really loved her and I loved getting to know her character. I loved getting to know her family. I loved getting to know her friends. I loved watching her grow and succeed. And um, I'm excited about where she's going as long as it has air. Um, and and I, I just really like Miss Marvel wasn't on my list as one that I was super excited about. I didn't know anything about her. I wasn't and all of that, and they they helped me love her. So I'm putting her in number one. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I just echo a lot of that. I mean, for me, it's just that it's joyful and it's positive. Um, I think they deserve a lot of credit for talking about partition as something that, like, I knew nothing about, and now I know so much more about and in a way that really highlighted the real human costs and drama of that situation, but still fit in a Marvel universe. Um, I love, and Miss Marvel's comics are a bit like this. You know, a lot of these characters, there's like the character, the love interest, and the best friend. And that's about as far as you go with the characters. Miss Marvel had a legit half dozen, 10 characters between her parents and her brother and her best friend, and Cameron, and um, the Red Daggers, like, it just, her grandmother, like, uh, they just kept Zoe, they, they, all those characters had their own space, their own moments, I mean, I think I talked about when we reviewed it, the scene between her dad and her brother before the wedding, 
where they're like just having a conversation about becoming a husband and getting married. Like they gave moments for these characters to talk and it wasn't about saving the world. It wasn't even about the superhero. It was literally about this whole supporting cast telling, you know, a story together. And it was just so much fun. I mean, as you mentioned, the clandestine stuff didn't totally come together and didn't totally work. And I don't really care. Like that was fine. Um, And I think that it sets us up for down the road. I mean, I would be ecstatic to have a season two. I'm super excited. The marbles is almost single-handed propelled to the top of my 2023 list just because I get to see Kamala again. And Amon Vellani is just, it's rare to have someone that inexperienced in acting that just absolutely proves that they're a superstar immediately. I mean, everybody who interviewed her immediately fell in love with her on talk shows, you know? And so yeah. I am. And the fact that you're with me on it, Rhiannon, I mean, what great joy. Adam put it way down too low, but nonetheless, we, we have held up the, our end of the deal. Well, we have some diversity here. So, you know, if we all liked only the same things, there wouldn't be anything interesting. That's true. That's true. But Adam's still wrong. (laughs) And also, we all hate the same thing. So, (laughs) we we do. We are united. That is a first. Oh. All right, guys. I think that does it. Do you guys have anything else we need to talk about tonight before we go? So we usually do, and that's my plan, sometime over the holiday break, we'll do our Patreon-exclusive episode. Um, If you guys have an idea, I would love it, but I'm sort of thinking, what would you think about bringing back DC News Desk? Yes, please. I was going to mention that we should plot out the first phase of the DCU. That's what I'm thinking, is the the holiday special annual for Patreon is us telling James Gunn how to do his job. Okay. So. I'm down. I'm down. All right. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the show. Um, We appreciate all of you and your support. Um, You know, we will do that. Uh, If you're a Patreon follower, we'll have this special holiday annual coming out in a week or two. And then um, I don't know. Unfortunately, we don't have anything big hitting until February, right? It looks like Secret Invasion is like March or April. This is so weird. We're not used to gaps like this. Oh, also, we did not mention, we didn't put Morbius in our rankings. Uh, I would think Morbius would be ninth for everyone. Adam, did you ever even see Morbius? No, still haven't seen it. (laughs) I will say this for Thor Love and Thunder. It's not as bad as Morbius, so. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll do a, definitely in January, we'll come back to talk about what we're looking forward to most over the next year. And um, hopefully we'll be getting a trailer for, well, I wouldn't think we get a Marvel's trailer until, I don't know, maybe January, February, March, but we'll, we'll be back for something. I am sure there will be more stuff. Um, when's what if two coming out? Never. Hopefully ever. never hopefully that's terrible all right but yeah we'll be back thanks for listening guys we'll see you in the new year